0: Guide Dogs Day celebrates on the 28th of April. Guide Dogs make the world a better place for their owners and today we show appreciation for the hard work that guard Dogs do. Guard Dogs have been around since 79 AD when paintings of guard Dogs being used to help the blind were seen in excavations in Pompeii. During the 17 and 1800s historians and anthropologists encountered more observations of Guide Dogs through nursery rhymes and stories. In the early 1900s training of guide dogs began with the establishment of the guide dogs for the blind association in 1934. Guide dogs were used extensively after world war ii specifically for veterans who lost their sight in the midst of war. Gladys Evans founded the south african guide dogs association for the blind in 1953 after she returned from england with her guide dog sheena. Gladys, a South African, was trained with a guide dog in the UK. A guide dog enhanced her life so much that she aspired to make guide dogs accessible to other South African citizens.
1: We welcome Joel Finstavell and Tabby Fasaki into studio. Joel has a career at South African Guide Dogs spanning three decades. He started as the assistant to the public relations officer and was introduced to Gladys Evans, founder of the association. His career progressed to fundraising and public relations. In 2008, he changed paths and became a guide dog trainer, qualifying as a guide dog mobility instructor. Over 13 years, Joel has trained 90 dogs. I think I have to repeat that, he has trained 90 dogs. In September 2020, Joel was appointed as HOD of puppy raising. His task is to recruit and train puppy raising volunteers and he works closely with the puppy raising supervisors. Tammy Fisaki is a volunteer puppy raiser. She is an account manager with The Salt, an influencer marketing company, an avid cyclist, triathlete, and outdoor enthusiast. Tammy was inspired to get involved as a puppy raiser after seeing how her close friend's life was improved dramatically after receiving a service dog. Tammy has raised two puppies, York and Preston, and is currently raising Kingston. We also have My Precious Jintz in studio. And uh, we thought that best we leave Kingston outside because we thought that then the puppies are just going to take over. So welcome Joel and Tammy. Thank
0: you. So I I see the beginning of this quote is that inside every guide dog beats the heart of a puppy raiser. So I suppose you've got to be careful what you do because uh, it's sort of an input-output system with the guide dogs. And I suppose puppy raisers need to be a very a very special kind of person able to draw boundaries with dogs because, I mean, Labradors can be fiercely naughty creatures while at the same time allowing them to be kind and being able to sense and meet the needs of the person you link them with.
2: Yes, at least. <laughs> well, puppy raisers come from all walks of life. We basically have to train them to be good handlers. Mm-hmm. We We train them and we teach them how to handle their particular puppy all under our supervision and uh, hopefully at the end we get a good guide dog out of it. So it's it is a it's a, a tough job but it's a rewarding job at the end.
0: So you say that if you get a successful guard dog, so are there guard dogs that don't become sorry, are there puppies that don't successfully become guard dogs? Not all our
2: dogs will make it as guide dogs. Not all our dogs will make it as a service or autism support dog. Um, It's just the way of life. Not all of us are doctors and not all of us are lawyers. So it's just a career that the dog undertakes. So we,
0: we would then obviously try and select the best that we can. And I assume all your puppy raisers don't make it by the same token. <laughs>
1: <laughs> John, you're being very polite. So a puppy raiser who has made it and has made an, a massive impact is Tammy because she has her third puppy. And I remember when I got my Jinty bug, she was, oh, I've got to get another one. My heart is beating for this puppy. Tammy, you a third-time puppy raiser. What keeps you coming back?
3: Oh, I think, um, look, I, I'm a very driven person um, I like reaching a goal and coming into this and starting off with wanting to give more than just money um, was, was quite a driving force for me. So um, yeah, it, it's it's amazing when your, your puppy that you get at, at, at eight weeks old is so cute and fluffy and everything you do with that dog plays such a key role in it becoming Something great one day. So, um, yeah, my my second guard dog, uh, my second guard dog puppy Preston, um, was placed with his person last year, and just to see how that little girl's quality of life has improved, um, has just yes, it's, I, I did cry a lot um, having to give him up, but it just motivated me more to get more involved. And yeah, guard dogs also when you're going through that process of having to hand your puppy over, they they dangle the new little puppy your way and, and um, encourage you to, to get involved again.
1: So, Tammy, um, Preston, who was recently featured on the cover of, of the Guide Dog um, magazine, which is, is a huge accolade, a very good-looking boy. And I think a lot of people think that guide dogs only go in for guiding. But Preston was chosen as an autism dog. Tell us a little bit more about autism um, as as an autism support dog, what what he's required to do with his person.
3: So, um, yeah, I think think every case is unique. Um, And with autistic kids, they're quite isolated within their environment. So um, kids are also, yeah, judgy little things. (laughs) And if there's a child that that is not exactly like everybody else, they, they tend to get shunned. Um, And these dogs really just help with confidence. Um, You know, they they really help with, um, you know, drawing people to them. And they become a lot more engaging within their environments. So, um, yeah, there's uh, Preston's brother, Pepper, has actually... um, He's been placed with a little boy in Kimberley. And this little boy has now spoken a few words, which was not... It it wasn't on the cards for him. So he's Mm. doctors, he's... um, you know his his parents are just blown away by the impact that this dog has made in in helping this young boy um, lead a, a normal life.
1: I think that's remarkable. You've spoken Preston and Pepper, and I know that Ginty is from the G litter. Joel, why is it that the dogs you choose a name from a certain letter of the alphabet?
2: All all dogs bred by the association go through the alphabet. Um, so we'll. In a year, we can easily go right through from A to Z. Yeah. Um, it's just so that we can keep track of where, when the dog was born, how old the dog is, which part of uh, which litter is from. Because you'll have a G litter this year and you'll have a G litter next year, mm. so um, it just—it's more for our records, and we know where the, where it comes from.
0: So, I'm going to ask a little bit of science and a little bit of feeling. So. I, I mean, dogs, I, I love dogs. I mean, I've got dogs of my own. And there's, there's a level at which the connection with the dog is, it's an almost holy space to, to occupy. So while the work element of the dogs, whether it be the autistic support dogs or the guide dogs for the, the visually impaired, there, there's a level at which that relationship with the dog is critical to the, well, the well-being of the person who's got the guide dog. Is that something that is overtly stated by the guide dogs?
2: Not, um, the, I would I would say that the guide dog improves a person's life and mm-hmm. then becomes part of their life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so the the level of emotion is higher. Mm-hmm. The science behind it? No
0: idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I agree. I mean, the, our relationship with animals is sort of purely magic a lot of the time. There's the, the science no science, science. It's, just it's, it's
1: just magic. This is such magic.
0: Absolutely. So what other spheres do the dogs go into? So we've spoken a bit about autism, we've spoken about... Um, guard dogs for the blind, or the other areas where dogs are used?
2: We also train service dogs which are basically for people with uh, physical disabilities, Mm -hmm. uh, people in wheelchairs, where that particular dog is trained to assist the person with their disability, um, opening doors, picking up things that have fallen onto the floor, um, even assisting with the shoes or untying the shoes, or not untying the shoes taking the shoe off the foot um, for a person in a wheelchair Um, in that kind of sense the dog would assist the person and the person, our basic training is the dog needs to do certain things the person takes the the training a little bit further where they can train the dog to do particular things for them because everybody's Uh, disability is different. Um, Some people are more capable, some people are less capable.
0: So you also lead the people are given the dogs as to how to train them to do specific things related to their disability. That's for sure. We, okay. we have sure.
2: to train. Even the guide dog is a for for blind person but the blind person takes it a step further and mm-hmm. trains it a little bit mm-hmm. because they they get the skill.
0: Tabby
1: okay. well. in terms of costs so you know you you raise this beautiful puppy what what costs are involved for you?
3: Karen, thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's actually a key issue because, um, you know, guide, there, there can only be so many guide dogs or, or service dogs raised um, according to how many puppy raises you have. So, and each puppy raiser only takes one puppy at a time. So it really is um, critical for, for guide dogs to have volunteer puppy raisers, um, so that they can ensure that they, these dogs can be placed with, with mm-hmm. people eventually so um yeah i think what what drew me and a lot of people don't know this so what drew me to the program as well was yes i want to give him my time I'll, i want it. it's my charity i'm getting involved Um the key thing here was that when i approached SA guide dogs um i was really blown away by the cost that that guide dogs cover so they cover all the food they cover all the the um tick and flea hmm. um, vet bulls so as you you as a puppy raiser you don't pay one cent um which is amazing you give up your time you um need to attend um your training sessions um and and what's also nice about it is that if you go away so i mean we go away on our annual holidays um if you need someone to look after that dog you don't have to find someone to help you you phone guide dogs they will place that dog um with another puppy raiser, um, for, for that time that you've gone away. So it really is quite easy, quite simple. Yes, it is a commitment and yes, you need to be dedicated, but remember, we're part of this journey and and there's a goal at the end. So, you know, we all need to put in the effort, but really there's no cost involved as a puppy raiser, um, which is, which is amazing.
1: And Joel, you don't only look for puppy raisers, but weekend homers. So Tammy spoke about going away. So some people, um, are able to maybe give a dog a home over uh, a home over the weekend, not necessarily to commit to the weekly training sessions?
2: Yes, we do have uh, a platform for weekend homers. Um, basically, we want the weekend homer to be closer to guide dogs in the guide dogs vicinity, which is Sand and Bryanston area, so that we can actually um, go out and check up on the home before we place a dog in the home, and also make sure that our dog is safe in the environment.
1: So the selection criteria is, is quite stringent, obviously, because yes. this is a very special animal. And I think by the time the guard dog is fully trained, you're looking at about 120,000 rand investment in the dog?
2: Possibly more. Possibly we, more? <laughs> If you are looking at, if you have to count everything, including salaries paid and everything mm. else, it could be around about, and, and and this is a th- thumb up figure. It's about five hundred thousand easily.
1: Oy. So, what do you need to be? If 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 I am a puppy raiser and I'm very impressed that my Jinty is behaving so well, <laughs> I mean, I'm really like, oh my word, here. maybe it's. Yeah, I'm not behaving, <laughs> but is behaving so well. Maybe it's because Joel is here. Um, Joel, in in terms of what qualifies people to be a puppy raiser
2: time mm-hmm. big heart and a lot of patience
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's it so as long as you've got time if a big heart it, and a lot of patience that's it.
2: Um, we will we will basically do the rest with you and you just need to be there on time when we're doing various training sessions and um, just have the time available to to join us in a training session as well
1: Tammy, I think also um, a lot of people, the question that I get asked the most is, how do you give this dog up? And um, will you answer that? How, you've already <laughs> given up. You see, I, I've oh. only partially <laughs> given Junsi up because she's in formal training. But uh, Preston has gone to a very special person. How did you manage those feelings?
3: So, look, I, th- I think it's always important to remember why you got involved in the first place. So for me, um, I'm a very active person. Um, there are days that, that you know, I wanna go I need to go around on the weekend and oh it's a little bit cold or oh I'm not in the mood. Um but having had someone um, you know, within my, my space that um you know had a, a tragic accident and became a quadriplegic, um that just makes us realise that anything can happen at any time. So and I think people get involved too late. So None of us want to. A lot of people come back and they say, Oh, I could never give the dog up. I would never be able to do that because I wouldn't be able, able to give the dog back. That's all fine and well. And yes, you do cry. And yes, it's, it is up, you know, you do get upset. But God forbid one of us gets injured. We're the first people to seek help. Um, and, and that's the thing. I think we, as a society, we need to become more proactive as opposed to reactive. Um, so get involved. If you can, do it. Um, Yeah, saying goodbye to the the dog was, yeah, it's hard. But the thing is, you're in that that process. You're on that journey. You're doing it for a goal. So what I loved about the process was that I was updated on on, on Preston's progress. So, you know, all of a sudden he could do this, and the trainer would let me know, and then he could do that. And then all of a sudden it becomes like, wow, my boy, this little puppy that used to eat my pool net is (laughs) (laughs) amazing. You know, he's becoming amazing like how how do how do you do that it's just
0: incredible so uh, it also seems to me that particularly in your case you need quite a uh enlightened work environment (laughs) because there seems to be i mean we're sitting in studios where you work and it seems that the the idea that you have done this kind of well I mean, service to your community is welcomed, and that there's an openness in your um, in your work environment. Is that common? So
3: that is one of the things that that is a big challenge for for guide dogs, um, and and it's access to mm. to um, you know to to specific places, so be it shopping centres, workplaces, restaurants. Um, and the thing is that what people need to understand. And and it's all about education, it's all Mm. about awareness. So we need to expose our puppies. We have a checklist, we need to expose our puppies so that they can be comfortable in certain environments. Um, They can't flinch at the sound of a printer. Mm. They can't, if someone's phone goes off, they can't flinch. Um, If, uh, you know, walking inside a shopping center, um, they can't pull things off the shelf. So the more exposed they get, the better working dogs they can become. Um, so it is, I mean, I'm very lucky here at infinity. Um, these guys are all dog lovers. They actually, yeah, you know, if, if I don't have Kingston with me, they don't even talk to me, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I do have him, everyone comes for a cuddle and, and it's a really great environment. The main thing is just being, you know, and, and I want to stress this, that if you do have a full-time job, make arrangements with your, with your um, employers to, to, you know, Chat to them about it, educate them on it, and explain how important it is for exposure. Um, and yeah, more nine times out of ten, they'll welcome the dog into your environment.
1: Joel, what is the, the journey of a guide dog? So a puppy raiser receives this gorgeous, beautiful, bundle cuddly little joy. bundle of joy at um, <laughs> seven <so> weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is a bundle of joy. Look, they, you know, they, <laughs> we won't go into those stories. <laughs> but you receive this gorgeous puppy at seven weeks. What What is the process then?
2: Okay, um, basically, it's, it's with the puppy raiser for about 16 months, give or take. It could be more, it could be less. So the puppy raiser takes this pup on. As you say, it's a bundle of joy, and it's going to rip everything apart in your house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they love expensive <laughs> cables for laptops and cell phones. So you
2: have to watch them constantly. They're they like little um, two-year-olds, let's mm. put it that way. Right and go through the the paces with the puppy raiser through, well, under our supervision, we'll train them, we'll make sure everything goes right. Um, the dog then at 16 months come into formal training. Formal training, the, the trainer that has the dog would expose the dog even further because the puppy raiser's job has basically been done exposing the dog to various shops, various noises. So we'll just expose it further Uh, train it on various escalators and cars and buses and whatever we can find training it to be a guide dog to lead somebody and also the trainer themselves have to undergo a blindfold walk with their dog so they basically test drive the dog Mm -hmm. for the first time and then after about six months of training the trainer would then contact the a blind person um, and we have a class of four blind people at a time. So one trainer would train four blind people with four different dogs, and they would train for four weeks with their dog. And then after that, it, they would have a lifetime of freedom, independence, and mobility.
0: Now that's amazing. So I, I don't know if I've just watched too much Netflix or something, but I've got uh, one final one final set of questions. Dogs have been used in a variety of contexts to assist people. I mean, we've got everything from prisoners kind of raising dogs to help them with their rehabilitation. We have got dogs who have been used with war veterans to assist them with their post-traumatic stress disorder. What is the range of things that you've mentioned children with autism, or maybe even adults with autism, so autism dogs, you've mentioned service dogs for people with physical impairments, and you've mentioned for the visually impaired. In South Africa, is there a broader range of where dogs are used to assist humans?
2: Cur- currently, all I know, we train guide dogs, service dogs, and autism support okay. dogs. And there are people who train um, pet therapy dogs. Okay. Uh, there's also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's also um, a, like an epileptic, Time ah, yeah. Dog okay. that's out there. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the name is for yeah. it, but we don't train it. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's just amazing what dogs can mm. do for mm. people. Um, I've seen personally a, a dog that I've trained for a young lady. Where the first time I trained her, she had no form of direction, mm-hmm. which means she would get lost. Just stepping out of the building, she wouldn't know where north, south, or east is. Not that a lot of us know, know this, but uh, so I trained her with the dog and she was just out of school. And the dog, I wouldn't say the dog changed her life, she changed her life because of the dog. Mm. And today she's a full working person, amazing. married, <laughs> had a boy, f- well, met a boy and got married and living a normal life. That's amazing. And that's purely, I could I put it down to the dog.
0: So and my f- sorry, my my final story where where dogs have come into my world. So I'm a child protection specialist, and they use dogs to prepare children and support them to go to their criminal trials.
2: Yes, I've seen that. That's uh, um, I just seen it today. Ah, okay. Top dogs. And, and I was actually amazed by it, and yeah. I thought that's that's actually fantastic.
0: Yeah, and it, it's quite amazing how that um, that presence is something quite magical without the words. So thank you very much for spending time with us, and I'll give it to Karen to close up.
1: So um, the one I was inspired by Tammy. So Tammy, thank you for inspiring me to be a puppy raiser. So it was because of you that I became a puppy raiser. And um, the other reason I became a puppy raiser is because Luke told me to. (laughs) True story. So I had undergone a particularly traumatic experience in my life, Mm. and Luke and my therapist felt that it would be very good for me and very, very important for me to be a puppy raiser. I don't know why I'm getting so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) And it said that it takes an extraordinary dog to give someone an ordinary life. And so it's been a remarkable journey for me. And I'm so grateful to guide dogs. We so often concentrate on once the dog goes to their person be it someone with autism or somebody um, who's blind or who needs a service dog. But as a puppy raiser, the journey for me has been profound. So thank you very, very much for allowing me and enabling me and training me because the impact on my life has been tremendous.
2: I just also want to use this platform and thank our puppy raisers Mm -hmm. because without them, we cannot perform what we do because we need that first 16 months someone like a puppy raiser, to take care of our dogs and then we can professionally train it later.
0: So Joel, in talking us out of the interview, how do people get hold of the guide dogs if they want to be said puppy raiser?
2: Well, they can have a look at our website, which is www.guidedogs.org.za and there's various application forms for um, being a puppy raiser or they can just send a... Uh, an email to info at guide dogs and we'll be in contact with them.
0: Brilliant, well thank you very much to Joel and Tammy and to the two dogs who joined us who are lying beautifully under the table, kind of a testament to the fact that they can behave
3: <laughs> That's what <sort of>. a <laughs> week classic <unlikely> uh, <laughs> <laughs> And
0: tune in again uh, when we uh, tackle other interesting or controversial or just generally fun topics Thank you very much from Society Superheroes